0: Hey guys, G-Man here. Thank you so much for downloading this week's episode of the Bullpen Cart presented by Thunderblogsports.com. Maddie D and I wrap up the trade deadline as well as this week in baseball. We give our hot and cold teams as well as the teams that were our winners and losers at the deadline what teams made the right and wrong moves as well as what players should have been dealt on top of those big names you've Seen come across your computer screens. We also cover the Phillies for a quick second and uh, throw in a few bonus questions at the very end as a uh, little foresight into the future for both baseball as well as other sports coverage here on the podcast. But as always, please go like, share, subscribe to us on iTunes, follow us on Twitter, Thunder BLG is that Twitter handle. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, Thunderblog Sports, for both of those. But now, enjoy me and Maddie D wrapping up the trade deadline. All right, we are live. We are the bullpen cart presented by thunderblogsports.com. I, of course, am the G man. And with me, as always, he's not sleeping tonight. It's Maddie D.
1: What's up, buddy? Yo, brother, we're almost to Friday. Fantastic feeling, isn't it? When you get close to the weekend,
0: it's pretty awesome. You know, my Thursday is is never really too bad. It's usually a slower day at the office. I play a little softball, hence the shirt. Nice, uh, nine to seven win. Went three for three, not to brag, um, but you know, uh, Friday <laughs> Friday's not going to be a bad day at all. I can tell that. And you you've got a better weekend than me. I'm just chilling out here. I might go see Dunkirk, but you've already seen that. And you're going down the shore, so good for you, man. No,
1: absolutely. I'm pretty fired up. It's going to be a great weekend for me. Yeah. Got to do a little moving of the grandmother today, uh, but other than that, I'm pretty excited.
0: Yeah? Yeah, where's she moving to? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I gotta say again?
0: Oh, I was trying to be a, a good, gracious co-host. Where's she moving to?
1: No, I'm moving down to – well, she already has a place in Florida, but she's selling her home here and downsizing up in this area and then heading down to Florida, but she'll be in and out. She's got a little place to stay up here, whenever she needs to.
0: Oh, all right. That's, that's pretty sweet. All right. But yeah, let's right, move right into it. We're going to quickly run through the weekly stuff. I know that you have, basically this is going to be a trade deadline wrap up. I know that you have a big focus on that. So mine'll be more, how everybody did this past week, but let's, uh let's, sort of address the elephant in the room. The Los Angeles Dodgers are everybody's hottest team this week. They had their streak break last night, nine in a row, snapped. But still they've uh as we're going to talk about tonight, they're probably sitting pretty National League West division and and they might be sitting pretty in the National League.
1: Well I agree. They they're my big you know I did my team hot team and cold teams of the week in terms of the trade deadline. To me they're definitely the uh the trade, the winners of the week, the hot team of the week, not only are they already loaded, but it's almost unfair at this point. You add a pitcher like you, Darvish, to kind of help you out with Kershaw's issues, because he won't, may not be, even be 100% until October. Um, yeah. So you go out, you grab, you grab you, Darvish, and you don't even give up your biggest prospects to do it. That's... That's pretty sweet. I know he's, I, Darvish has struggled a little bit recently, but apparently he might be tipping his fastball. So once they fix that, he's going to be back to being an elite pitcher. pitcher. And it's just going to make this, this ridiculous rotation already better. And I think it's going to make them the clear favorites in the National League um, over all comers at this point. I, I think even with the Nationals and everybody else, uh, even the Cubs, yeah. I know they have the experience, but I think they're the, they're, they're the big dogs now.
0: Yeah, I would agree. I mean, they already had a pretty stacked bullpen, which as we've talked about to death here, following that uh, that Royals' mindset of of loading up the back end as much as the front end needs to be. Uh, they have Kenley Jansen, and they just added you, Darvish. And I, I think you're right. It's pretty it's a pretty simple fix to not tip your pitches, at least. And once Kershaw comes back and is is ready to go, I mean, the rest of that lineup, Chris Taylor... He's been a big surprise. Cody Bellinger is still doing his thing and and everyone else. I mean, they've they've won those gritty games they need to, those close those close calls and they know that they can explode whenever they need to.
1: No, right. I mean, their lineup's super deep. I mean, honestly, they 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 they're 13 and a half games up on the Diamondbacks, so they've pretty much won the division and no one's even close. I mean, they're they're going to walk away with it. Their run differential is a ridiculous plus one eighty four to lead all of baseball. I mean, they just don't have a lot of weaknesses now. You know, they're going to lose a game here or there, just the way baseball works. But I think they're looking at having a shot at breaking the record for most wins in a season. Yeah, that's
0: that's not a that's not a extremely hot take. That's a small sizzle take. If you if we're gonna right rate right. it on like a tr- I mean, they- uh, gone. I was gonna say, rate it on a chili scale of, uh, you know, you know, freezing cold ice cream that that stuff they give you to sizzling fajitas which aren't really actually that hot, I know because I worked at one. <laughs> but you continue on your uh, your your Dodgers take.
1: No, I was gonna say, I mean, they they've got guys who could still catch fire. I mean, Adrian Gonzalez is only that in two fifty five. I know he's older. Chase Utley and uh, Jock Peterson have not been the same guys they were. Well, obviously Utley's age and Peterson's just a young guy trying to figure it out. So. They've still got a lot of guys who could potentially get hot down the down the stretch here and really help out the team going into the postseason. So they've got some superstars at the top. I think led by the perennial underrated Justin Turner at third base, who's just batting 353, and he's just doing it all. They're, they're loaded top to bottom.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And and uh I could make some easy joke about how you both have nice beards, but I'm not going to. I'm gonna reserve that. And we're going to quickly move on to a team I think is sitting pretty well in the American League. They're still a little bit back. They've lost three in a row. Um, In terms of trade deadline, that's the Yankees. Uh, If I had to give just an individual hot team outside of the Dodgers it would be to the Indians who are currently up on the Yankees tonight and are at one last night as well. But the Yankees, I think, both for this year and next year, pretty well set, or not even just next year. Uh, baseball, uh, baseball prospectus released their, their top farm systems. He's came in at seven, despite having to give up some prospects It wasn't even their best for Sonny Gray and adding a guy like Sonny Gray, who's, who's under contract for a couple of years through this year. Say, uh, I mean, that's huge.
1: Oh, right. Absolutely. I think that was the best move at the deadline. I think the reason for that is because they really didn't have legitimate starting pitching. They had good starting pitching, but I, yeah. I wouldn't say they had anybody who you fear. You bring in a guy like Sonny Gray. They've already got the outstanding bullpen and all the bats that are coming alive. You're now solidifying the back end in, in what is a very tough division. I mean, the Blue Jays are last in the division. They're only eight back from the Red Sox. I mean, the division's packed in pretty tight. Um, you know, We'll see if they're able to go ahead and and kind of continue that. But I think it's really important they added a – big-time front-of-the-rotation kind of starter in Sonny Gray.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, it, it definitely helps out with everything. I mean, a big theme of the Yankees was not Masahiro Tanaka and could he get it going? And, and this kind of alleviates some of that pressure. You have guys like Severino and, and guys that you and I, at least when we cover the, the AL East, Greg and I talked about it in depth, but we got your take, of course. You and I were a lot more skittish on whether or not those guys could keep it going or really have it going, and, and they did. But you and I have been cr- have been wary of whether or not they could keep it going. Greg has been very gung ho on his second place take, and that's right now gangbusters. His Red Sox made some great deals too, getting Addison Reed. is isn't a small feat, and I mean that's that's pretty great as well. I mean the I tweeted out on our account uh, Thunder Blig under BLG a uh, uh, small social media plug there but it's going to be Yankees Red Sox throwing haymakers at one another whenever they play down the
1: stretch all right and that is always the case i will say i mean i i, I don't think if david price comes back at all uh, you know i just don't think that they're they're that much better i mean i don't think that the yankees are good enough to compete with um the Red Sox, if the Red Sox figure it all out. That's my opinion. I mean, they've got the best pitcher probably in the American League and Chris Sale. They've got an elite oh, closer. Um, and a lot of young guys who, being young, may be able to push through a little greater come, you know, come close to, uh, you know, in, in late September, October, um, even in late August, they can kind of push through to the postseason. So I think the Red Sox are still my favorite. I think they're going to win the division, uh, maybe by a couple games. I think the Yankees will keep it close, but, um, Act of like more than one great starter maybe more than two great starters is going to catch up with them
0: definitely definitely so we'll move on to the sort of the cold teams and losers aspect of it quickly I'll, I'll mention my my sort of cold team of the week and they actually made a trade to the nationals uh sending off their closer and, and getting a couple guys in return but that's the minnesota twins they're three and seven in their last 10 they've basically falling falling out of this race uh, in terms of they're not even close in the wild card. They're now six and a half game backs to the Indians who are also very hot. Um, and they sent off their closer to the, to the nationals. That's a big deal for Washington, but Minnesota's kind of, they're realizing they're very young and that they, they sort of flew a little cl- too close to the sun this year, but they're sitting pretty for, for, for later on. But man, I know you were, you really had a couple teams that were your sort of losers at the trade deadline, and love to hear who you got.
1: I think the first team that you have to think of, and it's, it's not, I, I'm not, and we're going to talk about this obviously now, I guess, but I'm not really against Kuchel's comments. I think he's right. Okay. I think the Astros were simply losers because of the Dodgers. I, I, don't, I don't, I wasn't upset with them not doing anything. I, I like the way their team is. I think they're, they're the, the second best team in baseball, and I think a World Series would be ridiculously good. Um, so I just think they're losers by default because they didn't make a move for anybody. I mean, I mean, who are they really going to get on the open market? Sonny Gray and you, Darvish, go. I guess the other guy they could have tried to get was Justin Verlander, if you think he's worth it. I mean, so I just guess by default they're the losers, although I still love the team. I love the youth. I love the, the, the everything. I mean, I think they're the clearly the second-best team in baseball. They're one and two, the high-echelon guys. Um, so I think by default... I have to think the Astros are the losers.
0: Yeah, I uh, I would think in terms of of stay, staying pat. You know, say what you will, one way or the other. Dallas Keuchel, of course, saying you know to you know say disappointed is an understatement. Um, you know, you'd like to see them add, load up a little more, but at the same time, they're so loaded in terms of how young they are and how young their farm system is that you you don't really want to see them give up too much for this year because this could be just the beginning and it's an interesting play. They they got Francisco Liriano who they're going to throw in the bullpen. Liriano a lefty pitches very well to left-handed hitters. So it's an interesting strategy what they're going to try to pull there and if it works great. If not you know, I mean you didn't really give up too much for him so you can't be too upset with that.
1: Right, right. Yeah, yeah, I get it, uh, but yeah, go on. Sorry, just go.
0: <laughs> no, no, I was I was basically going to say it's a, another one that I that I threw out while I was live tweeting the deadline at work. Uh, bold strategy, content. Let's see how this one plays out. Because really, I mean, the you know the the sort of the uh, ifs, ifs ands, or buts about it is that we can sit here and say, oh, they, you know, they shouldn't have done anything, and then it ends up being great that they didn't because now they do whatever this year. They're you know, sitting pretty coming into next year, 2019, 2020. Um, of course, second place to the Phillies in 2020. Not a homer. I just know the truth. <laughs> um, you, you're getting what I'm saying is that, it, it, you know, you're thinking long term there, which I think a lot of baseball teams are starting to think more of. I mean, right. I'll, I'll sort of pose this question to you. I mean, this trade deadline, there was a lot more action going on than I've seen and than we've seen. Sort of in this two wild card team era. I mean, do you think that's affected it? Do you think there's? I mean, what what is your take been? Because the trade deadline used to be gangbusters in terms of all the crazy right. news that came out and and selling and whatnot. I mean, have you think the two wild card teams have affected it? I know I kind of asked you it last year, but now that we have another or last week rather, but now that we have another another one, yeah, I,
1: I think the big, I think the right, yes. First of all, the second wild card is keeping a lot of teams in the race that, that wouldn't normally be as active at the trade deadline. I think it's why you're seeing so many relievers change, change squads, teams that think they're just one or two arms away, are willing to move these prospects. Um, obviously, it wasn't a big year for quote-unquote sluggers in the trade deadline. Yeah, um, you know, We didn't have a lot of big moves in that regard. Um, a lot of times because those sluggers are being locked up so early, like, you know, yonder Alonso didn't go anywhere. Jay Bruce didn't make a move. Um, I thought maybe the Red Sox could look at one of those two guys. Maybe the uh, the Mariners would have made a lot of sense. Maybe the Rockies, uh, well, they've got a lot of offense. Um, uh, so I think that was a little strange. I think a lot of the reason that a lot of the reason for the lack of, I mean, th- those sluggers don't really blow you away. Uh, they have both over 20 home runs, but they're not elite elite level sluggers. I think a lot of the big time sluggers are tied up. But, um, yeah, I do think that's why you see the uptick, which I think is great for baseball because it keeps them in the news. Uh, I thought the trade deadline, for some reason, even though I thought it had a lot of activity, wasn't blowing up the, uh, the press. I think um, part of the reason for that, well, we're starting to get into NFL a little bit, but also the NBA stuff has been all over the news, um, you know, and, and they've done a good job of staying in the headlines. Uh, and I thought it was a decent trade deadline. I think – I think Monday's kind of a – see, I thought Monday would be a good day. I, I, th- I thought Monday would be good for the trade deadline. Um, but I think it's a little quieter. And um, for whatever reason, she didn't catch on like I thought it would. I mean, I was following yeah. the move. But I felt like there wasn't a lot of talk. Once again, though, when you're in a city that's basically fire sailing, rent rent of veterans, you know, we're not, we're not talking about like we used to, talking about, oh, we're going to get Hunter Pence or Roy Holiday or Cliff Lee. I mean, those discussions haven't happened in a couple years here.
0: Yeah, for sure. And and uh I mean, it's interesting that you bring up the Phillies cuz they, I mean, basically their I don't want to call them gambles, but their ideas of having you know older players that they want to try to flip for something. Sands, Clay Buckholtz, which I that's I that was to be honest, coming into the season my big like, "Oh, this is going to be great." And of course, he gets hurt <laughs> after two starts. Uh right. so let's let's all laugh at me. But yeah, you flip Pat Nishak, you get, you get a lot of guys off the roster that you could get some uh, some additional additional value for. I mean, you send off Jeremy Helkson in a surprise move to the Orioles, literally as you and I
1: – That was a strange move, not by us, by the Orioles.
0: Yeah. Um, well, because then – I mean, and we can get into, t- into moves we w- wish we could have seen or players that were surprised didn't move. And, and we you kind of covered that a little bit. Uh, but the Orioles certainly were – there's a lot of question marks on how they did because there were rumors that Britain was moving and maybe he's a waiver deal. I, I don't know. And and that was sort of the next question I was going to ask you is, do you think in this era of two wild card teams and, and sort of more thought-provoking trades – I don't know if that's the best way to put it – do you think that the waiver wire, baseball waivers, do you think that's going to start being utilized more now that we're getting closer to – a little closer to one forty man rosters expand and teams can kind of figure out if they are or aren't in it. Cause at least with the one one wildcard team post all star break, you had the two weeks to figure out can we make a run? Can we not? Should we buy or sell? And at least now with the waivers, more time to figure this out. What like, I mean, what do you think about, about that sort of thing? Am I being crazy
1: or tell me the truth as the I, truth? you know, I don't <laughs> I don't know if it's we'll a lot. I'm not saying you're crazy, um, but I think it does two things. I think you are right that it could bolster that. I think it also will push teams to possibly bring up, when they expand the rosters, minor leaguers to help them maybe push ahead. Like if you look in the NL, there's like nine teams that have a re- somewhat chance at making the second wild card right now. Um, you know, I mean, I mean, most divisions, all but like one or two teams, is still in the race, especially the NL Central even though the Cardinals are like 10 games back from the second wild card, is it unlikely? Yes. But could it happen? Yeah. So I think you're going to see a different kind of prospect come up when they expand the rosters, um, possibly adding more bullpen arms and not bringing up guys you just want to get a good look at. Now, for the Phillies, like a team like the Phillies, they're going to bring up whatever. I think you could see a move or two um, in the waiver deadline. I just think it's a little harder. Right, you're going to be moving a guy with a giant, a giant contract that no one wants. Not no one wants, but um, – no one really wants. Like, I mean, I don't know. I don't know if Britain would be able to be moved. Would a team want to snatch him up? Yeah, yeah I guess. I, I guess I could see more of an uptick. Teams are like, oh, all of a sudden, a team needs a bullpen guy. They they go after somebody like Britain, who I think they were adding. The Orioles were asking for too much, which is why he didn't get moved to the deadline. I think also he didn't play that great until recently. Oh he, well, he's had some issues this season, essentially. So. Maybe they can adjust that. But, yeah, I think you're right. I think we will see more activity. I think it's great for baseball. Keep it churning.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it, it keeps the conversation alive. Um, you know, one, one great thing, that at least, the trade deadline has always been able to do is, is kind of reinvigorate at least your thought for next year. And I think, especially in the, the age of thinking more about saving up for the future, Uh, rather than the win now, you know, trade away all these guys and kind of we'll deal with that when we get there. That's future our team's problem, insert team name here. Um, It's great, and I I think it it definitely, I mean, more time helps out with that, and it definitely all really coming back today with the preseason starting being sort of that great example of why – to have your, if you're doing your full live draft and not email, like our uh, Dynasty League, why you prefer to have it as close to the kickoff as possible, because the more time you get to see things and see how things develop, or injuries, you can see that happen. I mean, we saw it happen in the NBA trade deadline with the whole Andrew Bogut trade to the Sixers, they buy him out and the Celtics pick him up, and, or not Celtics, the Cavaliers pick him up, and what happens the first game he plays? He right. busts his knee. Not that that would have happened in Dallas anyway, if none of the dominoes fall into place. But you know, more time helps that. That's not a great analogy, but it's sort of on the same same plane.
1: Well, I you know I, I definitely understand.
0: Yeah, uh, but I mean, so we, we talked a little bit about the Orioles. You you talked a, or and, and their players. You talked a little bit about Joey Fado. I mean, are there any other players that you would have thought were going to move and didn't? I mean, the big one I thought was Verlander. Um, I thought it was kind of funny both him and you, Darvish, both tweet out selfies. I don't know if Verlander was doing it to try to be funny about about Darvish tweeting out a selfie and 30 minutes later getting traded, and I, I, I didn't really look at timestamps to see if he was trying to make fun of that. But that that's sort of my big why didn't the Tigers try to get what they could for him, especially when he's, he's not the Justin Verlander that we grew up on in high school, but it's still right. a good pitcher.
1: All right. No, I agree. I, I think, yes, I think maybe there, I was a little shocked. He he didn't – I don't know if I was super shocked. I think I think his name is getting him by a lot. Um, I mean, he's not been bad this year, don't get me wrong. Um, I was surprised that either uh, – we talked about him earlier. I was surprised that Alonzo or Bruce didn't go.
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I can I see that.
1: One of, those, one of those two because somebody would need a slugger. I mean, really – Just not a lot of bats moved. I mean, I mean, just like in almost a crazy manner. Um, I guess Todd Frazier, um, you know, he moved. So that would be a name to the Yankees on an early before the deadline move. But maybe JD Martinez that went to the Diamondbacks. I mean, there just weren't a lot of big time bats that were available and then were moved. I thought one of the, one of the, one of the worst, not necessarily worst because it was because they had to, but Jonathan Lucroy comes over last year to the Rangers for Lewis Brinson. And he, he basically gets given away to the Rockies after batting 242. I mean, Oh man, they gave up a lot. The Rangers did to lose him for nothing. Um, yeah, it's interesting. Yeah.
0: It's interesting how those, how those like flip and flops happen. I mean, there's, we as is, is you know in the Phillies know the whole Nate Schertholtz for Hunter Pence deal and Hunter Pence is integral and in not one, but two World Series runs for the San Francisco Giants and the Phillies get a guy who walks. So it's definitely something that as a Rangers fan, you gotta be scratching your head. What did we do here? Um uh, I, I think it's interesting you bring up the A's, because it's you know, there wasn't a hitter's market at all and, and really you could debate that the Yankees not just got a power hitting third baseman on top of you know a guy that they no don't necessarily love at third base and Chase Headley who they, they they're throwing around at first and whatnot, but the A's they have some bats around there. If Ryan Healy keeps it up and does what he's been doing, he gets that average up a little bit. Chris Davis is always a perennial power hitter. You know they might be they figure out a couple pitching prospects or sign a guy. I mean obviously Billy Bean is Billy Bean. But if they can figure out some value and get some guys that way, I mean, they could be yeah. a couple years down the road. It's it's hard to say because they didn't really get a ton for Sonny Gray in return, unfortunately. And Yankee mm-hmm. fans, you really came out like a, like gangbusters, like a thief. <laughs> um, but, <laughs> I, I, yeah, I mean, it's, it'll be interesting to see how they go. I mean, I, I think you also saw some teams within that division – who didn't really do a ton. Uh, the Astros, of course, being one the, the Rangers and that, that weird Jonathan Lucroy trade, the angels are a team. in the stage of purgatory. And it, it's unfortunate for them that they don't really have a ton to trade for. You don't want to unleash. That's your guy. But at the same time, you, you might need to start thinking about that. He had an interesting interview with Comcast sports net Philly, which, uh, yeah, he did. Go Eagles. <laughs> coming home, baby. Go Eagles! He's an Eagle season ticket holder. And he I love it. I he love didn't it. rule out coming to Philadelphia, so really, that's our that's our pride and joy right now.
1: Well, I can tell uh, he you, and right Carson now, Wentz. If he was, I'm going to tell you, if he was offered up, they take the they take whatever five guys they want from our roster. They can have them, whoever they want. I'll take him. I think we've got enough depth. I don't know. That's me. I I think you get a superstar like that. You you know, I, I was all for a. Um, I wouldn't say I was surprised. I thought this was more of a pipe dream, a story maker. Yeah, but I was surprised we didn't take um. Uh, Stanton trying to try to make a run at Stanton. Maybe we did. Just didn't work out. But, yeah, uh, yeah, I think
0: I think because there wasn't, re- that, you know, everybody was kind of waiting to dip their toe in the water for it. It was probably something because because Christian Yellow, who you'd be buying for like eighty cents on the dollar, was thrown around in that deal too. I think it was something where that big of a blockbuster trade was probably a little uh, – somebody was a little fearful about that.
1: Yeah. Yeah, most of the reason that trade was even going to go down was because of the potential change of ownership with the Marlins and not wanting to have such a big contract on the
0: books. Yeah, uh, cheats. Yeah, I, cheats.
1: I would have uh, <laughs> taken that trade in a heartbeat. Um, as much as I think Nick Williams looks like he has a future – I would have thrown him in the deal. I think if you can get guaranteed talent that, that can last for five years, I think you get it. I think I've seen enough of our prospects struggle to know that, although I say that, and every time a stinking Dodgers rookie steps up to the plate, he's hitting a home run. So, you know, meh. But, um, yeah. I will tell you, the other team I thought was pretty interesting that didn't make any moves, Kansas City Royals.
0: Yeah, really great I, point. I, um, yeah, there's they're your point on, point on it. About. Go on. So I was gonna say I was gonna throw my take out there. You're exactly right. They're battling, and they're in an interesting spot. Vargas is having a great year, and they, they probably need maybe another starting arm. Their bullpen's still great. Uh Mustakas, the Moose, is yep. still doing very well. Um
1: Eric Cosmer's
0: having a good year. Eric Hosmer's having, a good yeah, game. exactly. Lorenzo you're Kane's you're not bad. Like these guys, I mean, they're still doing well, and they can easily put together something like they did. Two three
1: years ago, right, right. i been in the thick of it. I mean, the Astros are going to win their division, but the Royals are only two games uh, out of the first wild. They're, they're actually in the wild card spot right now. If the season ended they today, are, yeah. so battling. The positive is it looks like with like you said, the Twins kind of falling down the ladder. The Tigers and the White Sox struggling. They're going to be able to beat up their own division a little bit, which will be good for them. Um, and so we'll kind of see what happens there. That would be, I mean, that would be off awesome if they could make a run and even compete with Cleveland a little bit. Who is not blowing everybody away? Although I think the Astros and Dodgers are such an aberration when you look at losses that it's just getting yeah. ridiculous. I mean, especially the Dodgers, but even the Astros with only 38 losses without a, a, a Carrera back. I mean, there you can see a lot going on there. But um, it kind of skews the standings when you take a look at them.
0: Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how it all all turns out because now we're getting ac- we're actually getting an interesting wild card run. The right. Twins aren't out of it entirely; they're three and a half behind the Royals, who are sitting in second by a, a half a game. The Rays have one more win but two more losses. The Yankees have the uh, first spot. The Mariners, shout out to me and Stevie G, uh, are very close to it. They are uh, technically two uh, a game and a half behind Kansas City for the second spot. Same amount of wins, three more losses, um, but you I mean, talk
1: about a team that could have used somebody right there as well. We didn't really bring them up mostly because they're so out of the division race, but the Mariners.
0: Yeah, I mean, they at the same time, who do they really have to give up? You know, they have a lot of great talent that's in the prime of their age, but I I don't know too much about their their minor league system and, and whether yeah. or not they're. Really up
1: there. I don't think be. they're deep enough to really go yeah. after anybody massive, but, but they might have been able to go ahead and speak to somebody about getting an outfielder like an Alonso, or um, I don't know if they necessarily need the power though. Yeah, uh, as much as they really just need some. Um, their their best guy, Segura, is only batting three seventeen, so that's their number one. You know, batting average, they, they could use some some on-base percentage to let Cano and Cruz and um, Kyle Seager kind of have some success as well. So they could use some help. I'm not sure there's any of those real bats out there, though, this year that hit for great average that were good enough to make a move for.
0: Yeah, that, that was sort of the big theme. Uh, but, I mean, Cano is starting to put it together. He's got quite a hitting streak going. So there's that. I mean, they, they all kind of need it together, though. Felix Hernandez has been on and off the DL and been – Somewhat right. dominant when he is on, uh, not the king, uh, but you know who who knows how they how they last up. Maybe they get a guy on waivers and they they sort of play the waiting game, and and, and somebody really wants a prospect of theirs, and they end up trying to fleece somebody. I, uh, you know, I mean, we'll we'll see how it all goes down. I think you're abs, you hit the nail on the head, though. That's a team that I think probably everybody isn't really thinking about in terms of where they're going to go. You you kind of thought. The division so you would think they have the roster to do it but third and you need a little bit of help so Probably if they make a move great if not intact next year i guess
1: yeah no i do and i think the problem with the mariners though is that like they were really thinking this year was going to be a year for them and they're just they're just not going to age great yeah um got a little young talent um obviously they're stuck in that division so it's going to be tough but yeah i i would agree um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I think – like I said, I thought the trade deadline was more – I actually – I could be honest. I didn't think we were going to see you, Darvish, or Sonny Gray get moved. Uh, my initial really? thoughts were really quiet trade deadline. Bullpen arms, a couple mid-level starters, just kind of the vibe because everyone's just clinging to prospects right now, especially because I think teams are looking up at the Dodgers and the Astros. I mean, unless you're the the Red Sox, Yankees, Nationals, do you really think in a in a – I mean, I know it's baseball, so all you got to do is get in, but I think some GMs are probably being too cautious this year and not throwing out big prospects because they're thinking, you know what, the chances of the Dodgers and the Astros winning are so great that what's the point, you know, I mean, of, of making that move?
0: Probably part of it, too, is, is the Chris Sale model. I mean, the Red Sox made a trade in the offseason, so why not see if you can make a run at something, and if not – you have a couple good prospects in your system. The Yankees, the perfect example. That's where we started. they are number seven in baseball prospectus and why not throw out something? If it doesn't work this year, you still got a lot of young talent and throw out some of your prospects in the off season. If it doesn't work out this year, Brian Cashman certainly is, but he's a little bit smarter than the old Steinbrenner regime. and, And I think he could probably do something right there. Oh, I would
1: agree. Yeah, no, I would definitely agree. I think teams are looking at some cautionary tales like our Phillies, like the Angels. Um, yeah. and, and the Angels are patient
0: zero, I'd say.
1: Yeah, I, I would say even more than the Phillies because they brought in guys that when they were supposed – the Phillies were good and then we got bad because of age. I thought the Angels just kind of got bad yeah. because they signed guys that were old. I mean, um, I, I, I think – They signed mega
0: deals. Bad. Yeah.
1: Right. And they're not even able to rebuild. I mean, the Phillies' rebuild is not going exactly as planned, but they're not even able to rebuild. I mean, that's just – that's really hard. Um, well, the Phillies you know, at least –
0: like, at least their rebuild, they were able to flip guys when they could. Jimmy Rollins, Chris, uh, Cole Hamels, Chase Utley, who weren't on mega Deals. The only one was really Ryan Howard. And once you got rid of those guys in these big contracts, now you have – all of this money that's readily available to spend. I mean, you know, the guys on uh, on intentional talk think that Bryce Harper might be a Philly because of how much money they they can throw out, and I don't necessarily take that at face value. I think the Yankees and the Cubs are the third largest market in America, even though they share it with the White Sox. They still got a lot of money, and they just won a World Series, so they're making a lot of money, right? You know, so. I don't know necessarily if I buy Phillies t- or Phillies get Bryce Harper, but they could make a lot of moves in a lot of different ways, and it's fun to think about that way. But the the thing about the Angels is they're locked up. You know, they they have Trout's not even on a mega deal yet. He's getting paid, but not a ton. It's Poolhouse. It's they're still paying off Josh Hamilton. It's they got a lot of stuff going on in the in the uh, the old bank account. You know, it's you can't just go invade High Garden if you're the the L, you know the L. A. Angels of Anaheim. You gotta. Yeah. Sorry if you haven't watched Game of Thrones episode yeah, three, oh but yeah, uh, oh yeah. I mean, it's it's Thursday. If you haven't yet, welcome to society. Um, <laughs> but you get the point. You know, you're locked up. You had a you owe a lot of people a lot of money. It's not Bobby Munia Day every year in L. A. of Anaheim of America of who's America our America North America the world. Um, but and that's that's name making fun of. but let's move on to the Phillies since've we've, we've gone into it, we saw Pat and Eshak move move along. Eve, you know we saw a couple other deals go down, you know I mean, the Phils snuck in with a few deals, traded Joaquin Benoit, who I was shocked they got something for that. Um, right they got a prospect they also sent cash, but again they, they've got money to spend. Um, I'd try to do a John Raphael Saperstein impression, but not so good at that. Um, but it, it was interesting. I mean, the, the pirates were a team. We didn't really talk about a ton cause they did send Tony Watson, which was another shout out to Stevie G that was nail on the head. Um, but they replaced that quickly. They're not out of it by any means. And, and Benoit, while 40 is still a solid guy, he at times can suck, but when he's on, he's good.
1: No oh, right, I well that I think is like the epitome of the move about why the second wild card does so much for your team. The Pirates didn't really, they're you know they're 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 52 and 56. They're essentially 10 game. They're not. They are 10 games, you know, out of the second wild card spot. But uh, oh, excuse me, uh, nine games. Excuse me, out of the second wild card spot against the Rockies. But you know what? They're nine games back. They think, let's go. call guys get hot. Let's bring in an arm or two uh, just to be here for us. And that's that Definitely. that continued movement there as well. I loved it. I, I think the Phillies said, you know what? Let's basically play and rent a veteran, swing them at the trade deadline. You, you're not bringing in elite prospects. You're bringing in middle-of-the-road guys who have potential but aren't necessarily going to be any kind of guarantee to make it to the majors. But you know what? You are bringing. Seven, eight, nine guys, and one hits, then it's well worth it, well worth the time, and it's perfect because now you're opening up those holes for other guys to come in um well, I think really, just the Howie Kendrick trade may open one up other than that, I think um everything else is pitching, and our pitching already sucks as it is, but uh Howie Kendrick opened up some more time for some younger guys, which is great,
0: yeah, absolutely, I mean, and you mentioned Nick Williams, I think he is the savior. I think he's the guy. I mean, I would have said the same thing, and I'm still not not selling off Aaron Altair by any means. Uh, but I think you know. All I right. mean, it's interesting the predicament that they have in outfield. You and I both sort of agreed Tommy Joseph is in the long term. Bring up Hoskins as soon as you can. But kind of bringing up sort of the theme of no bats at the trade deadline. Potentially flip Tommy Joseph for something if. There was a, and there wasn't really a ton, and you know, I mean there there was you know there was something there was but Joseph I think is certainly a good a a good stopper but Hoskins is the future and I th- I think there's some stuff going on in the Phillies system.
1: Yeah, no, I I agree. I I also thought that like. You know, it's not really time to move Altair. No one's going to take Herrera right now, so that's kind of going to be rough. Um, but you're right. I mean, there's so many guys coming up behind Williams, Roman Quinn, um, uh, Mickey Moniak, obviously, is probably two, three, four, five, five years away. But still, uh, it would be nice to see, though, coming up in the future. There may be a guy or two here that we're going to be able to move uh, for a bigger time prospect. Say Herrera gets hot. Say um, Altair looks really good. Maybe we're willing to move one of those guys um, to bring in a veteran, which is like a Mike Stanton. I mean, I mean, they might be more willing to do that. So it gives us some positives yeah. because we can't get them up here right now. Um, I recently read a big article about how what's the point of bringing up J.P. Crawford? He doesn't hit that much better than um, Freddie Galvis, and Freddie Galvis is making some ridiculous plays um, you know, out in the diamond, and we need to put such a premium on shortstop to be a good defender. Um, yeah. The natural move would be to move Crawford to second base, but Cesar Hernandez, I think, has also kind of solidified himself. Why you'd move him right now, and why you'd bring up the young guy there? To, to uh, I think he's solidified himself as the as the the starting second baseman for the year, if not into next year.
0: Um, oh, I'd play. certainly think into next year. I mean. He was one of the best hitters in baseball before he got hurt, and he's quickly regained that. I mean, in the last seven days, he's batting 423. He has 11 hits and 26 ABs. I mean, he's still getting extra base hits. He has two triples and two stolen wow. bases. He's walked a couple times. I mean, yeah, I mean, he's the, the prototypical middle infielder. He's not hitting a ton of power and he's leading off. So he's not really getting a lot of RBIs. He got zero in the last week, but, and and yet the Phillies won five, five in a row before a West coast trip where they played a team that they're playing an American league ballpark. They're playing a team that is one of the best players in baseball and maybe one of the best players ever. Who's played pretty well. Um, you know, I mean, but he's, I mean, he's a catalyst there and, and it's showing that by, the fact that he's able to come back from injury a little slow, but then go off on a
1: tear. Right, right. No, I couldn't agree more. I, I uh it's that that's a good development for us. And now I think the key is what do we got in the system? How are we gonna move guys in the future, maybe in the offseason, to get pitching in here? Yeah. Uh, we've got we've got some guys way down in single A ball, but we've got nothing yeah, six. To, oh my God, six – that looks fantastic. But we've got nothing else really. Cupboards bare. The guys we're bringing up look not great. I mean, obviously, Aaron Nola, I think, is a, is a keeper. But, I mean, Velasquez has really not been the guy we thought he was going to be, although I watched him enough last year to think that he didn't last long enough in games, and obviously the injury issues have been a problem. So we'll yeah. see if that ever gets fixed. But we need pitching, although I think you saw this year, pitching is available if you want it. It's the it's the great hitters that are harder because hitters play five days they they play five, they play every game a week not every five you start you build your foundation there and then you add the pitchers in later the Phillies did that originally Cole yeah. Hamels was the guy here now I know we won you know with Cole and not with the big three that came after but once again the big three led us to a lot of a lot of playoffs in another uh, big three friend to Roy Holiday, Cliff Lee, and um, no, not Joe Blanton, but Roy Oswald. I know they – Joe they, Blow. They, he's still in the game, by the way. He's, he's a reliever for the Nationals. It. Yeah, he's a reliever it's, for the Nationals, yeah. It's amazing to me that he's still around and some of those other guys aren't, but, um, but yeah. Greg
0: Stevie so and yeah, I Blanton. were shocked when we, were, we talked about him, uh, but that's neither here nor there. Yeah. I mean, let's talk about the Nationals, though. I mean, we mentioned a couple of their deals. I mean, do you think this is the year the Nationals can can jump, can finally get over the hump? I mean, the Dodgers are certainly a huge, huge hurdle to, to cross. But I mean, are well, we are we thinking they could be an NLCS team, or are the Cubs just still the Cubs?
1: Uh, I think the only way the Nationals win this year is if Steven Strasberg comes back and can be can be the guy, can be a guy. I, I just don't know what they're missing. They're Washington, so naturally anybody any team from Washington's gonna choke. They're loaded top to bottom, don't get me wrong, but there just seems to be something there that they just don't have – maybe it's a killer instinct. I, I don't know. I mean, they, look, they've got all the numbers. Their run differential is fantastic. They're really they're, – they're only got 43 losses. They're only 12 back from the amazing Dodgers, and they're right on the heels of the Astros for the second-best record in baseball. Uh, yeah. I know they solidified their bullpen, bringing in another Philly, Ryan Madsen. Um, and I really liked I've, – I've really liked um, – uh, Zimmerman, Ryan Zimmerman over to third. He has been quietly ridiculously good. Um, yeah. But I don't know. I just something to me... They just don't have it. I, I don't know. I think they've got to move some guys. They, I mean, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I know they've got some studs, but something about that team to me just doesn't gel right. I don't know what it is. Um, just don't like the feel.
0: Okay. All right. Uh I can I can see that. Um yeah, I mean I, I think the big thing with them, you know, you see some moves left and right. I mean, I think they they're gonna be the team out of the NL. Um I could see them being a team in the offseason that tries to make another move. Not necessarily in a free agent signing, because I think Bav is going to Scherzer, you have to save up some money for Bryce Harper, any really any free agent move that's not a let's call it class B player that's B year below is basically money that you should be saving to try to tempt Harper with. Um, Right. But who knows? I mean, I I think it's, it's pretty awesome that guys like Wilmer Diffo are, they pronounce his last name uh, are playing so well and you know, you're, you're seeing them, kind of figuring some stuff out you know they have the the room to work with in terms of the nl east it's not really a a position that they need to you know figure out or panic about it's certainly not like 2014 uh where you or 15 excuse me where you try to make a few moves you go out and get papal bond and then he chokes out Bryce harper you know i think so the Mets end up figuring it out and overtake them. That's, I think it'd be even bigger than ten years ago in the NL East, and that's a pretty big deal. And you're in mind's heart, but I think they're they're sitting pretty well. Hundred eight, uh, differential. Uh, it's third, only to the Diamondbacks, who we we've or in the National League, I should say. But the the Diamondbacks are a team we we didn't re- really talk about. We mentioned JD Martinez. I mean. Do you think they needed to make any other moves?
1: You know, I think the answer is no. I thought this year, we both talked earlier in the season, how they could surprise. Do I think they have the ability to potentially make some kind of surprise run? Yes. Do I think they're going to be a wild card team? Absolutely. But I think they're a year or two away of adding some additional pieces to really be that elite, um, an elite contender. I think this is the kind of year – Although, you know what, I say that, and yet, what, what are you waiting for? The Dodgers are young. I mean, there's an article out you know, about who is the Golden State Warriors of baseball. Well, I'll tell you what, the Dodgers, the Yankees, the Astros, even the Red Sox are all young teams. I mean, they've got some age in some spots, but for the most part, they've got another four, five, six years uh, with their major core, which is amazing to think about. And the Dodgers is uh, – yeah particularly have so many good guys so you know maybe maybe the astros did make a mistake not going a little bigger than just a jd martinez although i don't know what time backs yeah i don't i'm sorry oh will excuse me i don't know really what i don't know what they would have added that would have made sense to me though i think sometimes there's a fit factor to it and i i don't know if there was somebody that i really would have liked
0: for that yeah yeah and of course there's always going to be the Teams that might have been around, if not for injuries, should they have sold? Like the like the Giants, for instance. You know, that's almost – you could debate that's what sort of the Phillies almost tried to do in 2012. Um, but, you know, I mean, I, I think they're – you hit the nail on the head. There wasn't really a ton they could have done. They have a pretty solid offensive lineup. And their pitching has been great so far. You know, there, there wasn't really a ton else they could do. Um but I, I think it'll be fun watching how it how it all, all wraps up in terms of the next almost two months. But looking at the standings, it would be division champions in the American League would be the Red Sox, the Indians, and the Astros. Wild card game would be the Royals at the Yankees at Yankee Stadium. Uh, in the National League, it would be Nationals, Cubs, and Dodgers with the... Colorado Rockies visiting the Diamondbacks by just half a game. So obviously, at the end of the season, there wouldn't be a half a game difference, but we'll round up for purposes of this exercise. Think of those ten teams is most likely to fall out.
1: Wow, great question. Hmm. Well, I initially would go ahead and say just right off the bat the Royals because their run differential. Uh, you know, is is it that is a negative right now? But of all the teams that we've spoken about, if I had to pick a team to kind of falter, wow, this is really tough. I'm gonna surprise you. I, I'm gonna pick the Cubs. Really. Starting pitching scares me with their health. The we talked about how old they were now. I don't think it's going to be the Brewers, though, who I still like that would catch them. I think it'll be a hard charging Cardinals team that would potentially knock them off their throne. Um, I I have concerns with the Cubs. I think there is a World Series hangover. There's so much pressure on them to to repeat. There's you know I I have concerns about the Cubs, um, you know, moving forward, but mostly with that aging pitching staff. Which they obviously, for reasons that make sense, didn't really address because they they weren't bringing anybody in and I, and I understood that I understood why you don't you got you don't have a ton of guys but you've got a couple, um, yeah I go with the Cubs as my team to falter in the second half. I think the pressure gets to him as good as Joe Madden is.
0: Yeah, I mean you know you know, you can never really trust a man with a with a uh, degree from that college in Easton. Even if Got he gives right. you some success, it's not long term. We're gonna just say that now. Um, for those not aware, Matt and I both went to Lehigh. Joe Matton went to Lafayette. Schools don't get along. But I digress. Um, if I had to pick a team, I mean that's that's not necessarily the hottest take, but it's certainly hot. I mean you can you can see it certainly. I mean they have the same number of wins as the Brewers, and the Brewers can keep it going who knows if the Cardinals or the Pirates get it going. I mean, both are under 500 yeah, and
1: there. I was going to say, you're right. Pirates are there.
0: Yeah. The Cardinals are the Cardinals are underperforming a ton. The team I, I would think is, is really likely to fall out. I mean, I, in the American league, it's, I think it's gotta be the rays or, I mean, the Royals, um, the Rays are right They're there. Right. And,
1: I think the Rays, the Rays are going to struggle too. Yeah. I, I still
0: like them, but I think the Rays struggle. I, I just it's interesting to see how the two teams go. I mean, the Rays are that traditional Rays team that we have. Um, and you know, in terms of what we've seen out of them, great pitching, solid batting. I mean, right now they're they're beating the they're beating the Astros in Houston. I mean, they've you know, they, they continue to be this little engine that could team and, and they're matching these great teams—they've scored 500 runs, and that's not an easy feat to to say in the American League, the offensive league. The only ones that can actually sport that are the Red Sox, who've only scored 11 more runs, the Yankees, who, despite Aaron Judge, Clint Frazier, Dede Gregorius having an offensive renaissance in the last couple of weeks, um, getting Todd for getting Todd Frazier. Um, they're only a 5.61. The Indians with that lineup that they have is 5.21, and we've talked about them to, to death, and the Mariners, who are at 5.15. I mean, the Rays, they're, I mean, and their pitching staff has done very well. They're plus six right now on run differential, so sort of performing where we thought they might be. If they can get it going on the road and really keep it going at home, I think you might be seeing them... You know it's apples. It's nearly apples to apples right now because they're only a half game out. They've played three. They've played three more games. They have more wins. Right. Um, that would be my team to pick. To be logical, I talked myself into being a crazy person for the Mariners. So just by being crazy, um, but I think the American League is exciting to watch down the down the line.
1: Oh, absolutely. I think even though two teams have kind of pulled away, I think there's a lot of great races going on. Makes me excited for the second half. Uh, Well, I mean, I know we're in the second half, so, you know, but it makes me excited for what I consider to be the best month of baseball, which I think is August. I love the month of August in baseball. I love, I love, it's just the perfect weather for baseball. It's beautiful. And I'm excited. I think Come the end of August, we'll have maybe a slightly clearer picture, but I think this could be murky all the way down to the end. I really do.
0: Yeah, it's interesting because you then see the the rosters expand to 40 come September 1st, and you might see a team like the Yankees who have this well-rated farm system come up and really take off, especially if the Red Sox don't get it going in the next 20, 28 days, next four weeks until September 1st. I mean, it's, it's really then haymakers uh, in terms of how play down the line. Um, I think it'll be interesting to see the Cubs and see how their trades paid off. So far, Jose Quintana has been great for them. Um, but, you know, I think the Central could be sort of that, that keystone of the National League. You, As much as I love the Rockies and their lineup and a lot of the moves they've made, it's going to be interesting if they can hold it up.
1: Right, right. No, absolutely. Um, yeah, I, I think I think it's going to be exciting to see. This is a good show of – I know we're far away from this, but the parody, the difference between baseball and the NBA, because if this was the NBA right now – I know we're going off a little tangent, but if this is the NBA right now, we'd be talking about how we're guaranteed to see the Astros and Dodgers in the finals. And, you know, I'll tell you right now, I'd put my money on the the field that only one of those two teams would make the World Series. I just think that's what makes baseball so much fun. You can be dominant all season. The Phillies were a couple years ago, and yeah. they still make it to the postseason, which is, I mean, uh, to the uh, the World Series, which is amazing.
0: So it's interesting that you bring up both basketball and odds because now we're starting to wrap things up. I think there isn't really too much else that we could really squeeze out of the trade deadline juice. Um you know, quick stadium snacks are really more of just food. Um, We're going to try to try to try to start a power rankings for wings across the city of Philadelphia. So keep a head out for that or an eye out for that. I should say, but interesting. You bring up basketball and odds today, Vegas released their odds in light of the preseason starting for the NFL. And Matt got, Odds for the NFC East: The Eagles are plus one hundred and sixty, meaning you bet one hundred hundred bucks, you get one hundred sixty on that bet. Uh, Matt, I like those odds to make the playoffs.
1: Well, it's the NFL, so I think anything can happen. But when I
0: Matt be a homer, uh, you're a homer I'm every week good. and pick them. Just be the home. homer.
1: Look, 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 the next team? The next philly sports team to make the playoffs will be the flyers i don't think oh. the sixers are going to make it i don't think the eagles are going to make it this year i don't think that's a like bad the thing. Be
0: before the the sixers because the I NHL playoffs are before thing. the nba playoffs so you're right there they're both going to make it and you're going to pay me 50 bucks for the sixers but oh
1: my god i don't think it's a bad thing if the eagles i mean look you want them to make the playoffs i don't think it's the end of the world if they don't i who who is going to cover they got nothing at corner. They've got to play Odell Beckham twice a year. They've got to play Des Bryant twice a year. Um, oh, so I'm oh, going to nip
0: this in the bud because this gives 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 the li- the, t- the listeners a little taste for football. We'll announce yes. our football coverage pretty soon. But final topic: this I was going to give you a surprise quiz, pop quiz um, last night, but of course we had our little snafu with uh, technical difficulties and and certain people napping and, uh, and all, all that miscommunication. But Steph Curry is playing in the web.com tour this week, finished four over. And Matt, I was going to ask you, did you think he was going to make the cut? And, and now you, you can't really give origin history because the traditional cut line, at least last year was three under, and it looks like it might be that way this year. But,
1: you know, everybody said that Steph Curry wouldn't make it in the NBA. Okay. I, they said he was too small they said he didn't have it. They said yes. he was just maybe a specialized yes. shooter. Let me tell you something. He's the greatest shooter the NBA has ever seen. Two-time MVP. If there's anybody that can get it done and get to three under, it's Steph Curry, baby. Okay, so you just wait. Put your money down. He's going to make the cut, okay? I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I don't think he's going to make the cut. But I will tell you this. It's very impressive that he's competing with professionals. He's been very, very gracious. About- he's not in last. Somebody was 10 over today. Oh, His, his op- opponent in his, in his uh, threesome was plus five. He has been incredibly gracious of the opportunity. He has said that I am not a professional golfer, but I'm happy to be playing. I'll tell you what, if there's anybody that can do it from way downtown to come all the way back, it'll be my boy, Steph. Okay, another. and by the way, did you see him when he made the long putt, pointed his caddy and go, you go get that? You get that just like Jordan <laughs> Spieth, baby. You I see um, say, The biggest travesty in the history of Sports Illustrated magazine was the fact that, that Jordan Spieth – isn't even on the cover at all this year. All this yeah, we week, talked about
0: that. Week. We talked about that last week. I mean, I think if he wins this week, which he and he and my boy Rory, who it saved a, saved a friendship by firing his caddy. That's what he said. So I'm going to believe it because I love him. Um, And he has his best. He has his best mate. Best mate on the bag. He's two shots back along with Jordan. But do you see Jordan made a 50 foot putt and just? That of Jordan course, he made a good
1: putt. Look, I'm going to tell you right now. My, my I think my three favorite athletes are all are all the face of Under Armour: Jordan, Steph, and Tom. I want to give a shout out to the Goat. Happy birthday, buddy! You know, I mean, oh, just great video you posted of his of his uh forty uh, longest touchdown passes. It brings chills to my to myself. Made me draft Julian Edelman in our fantasy draft today. So yeah. I gotta let you know I wanted him anyway, but it was it was just apropos to draft a guy that's been dominating with Tom. I can't wait for football. I'm so excited to dominate you in all our fantasy football leagues. I got to tell you, we'll nah, get into that later. though. We'll get into that nah. in another
0: time. Who who won all the athletic events last weekend? Twelve shots in golf, one clutch shot. Nax throwing. That's all I got to okay.
1: say. All right. You know what? First of all, happy birthday. You're lucky. You're lucky. It was your birthday. Oh, continues. Dominated it all feels
0: continues. I would <laughs>
1: All fields. I will tell you this, we're going to have some fantasy laugh. football and other football coming up on the pod. Obviously, continued baseball coverage. I'm excited for both, though, G-Man.
0: Oh, yeah, I am, too. And as always, you can uh, follow us along on social media. ThunderBLG, as I plugged before, on Twitter. Uh, Thunderblog Sports on Facebook and Instagram. Um, please go like, share, subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. Let us know what you think about the Google Hangout Live. I know we had a few viewers. For those that uh, that did watch, thanks. Um, and always, give us a nice review. Give us five stars. We'll sh- give you a shout-out. But for my man, Matty D, this is the G-Man, Jordy Cannell, saying goodnight. We'll uh, talk to you soon for Game of Thrones. Peace.